Hello Senior Team message is presented in this caregiver-centric podcast, providing an update on what's new and exciting across the campuses of Enloe Medical Center. Hello everyone, I'm Jolene Francis, Vice President of Philanthropy and Communications, and I'm sharing the microphone today with CEO Mike Wiltermood. In this episode, Mike and I will continue the discussion of hospital finances and how we can all do our part to keep Enloe fiscally strong. Thanks for joining me today, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great, Jolene. Thank you. Good. So glad you're here. So, Mike, in last month's episode of Enloe's Message, Kevin Woodward shared some of the ins and outs of how a nonprofit hospital operates from a financial perspective and some of the challenges we may face in the year ahead. We touched a little on how our daily census directly impacts both revenue stream and expenses. So I'm hoping we can dive a little bit deeper into that topic. Anything you'd like to share on that? Well, yeah, certainly. One of the bigger challenges that we have as an organization is that we can't really predict what volumes we're going to get in a lot of the departments that we service, especially the emergency department and, and some of our inpatient services that we provide. And a big stressor for hospitals and hospital personnel is you know, if you if you guess low and you have an influx of patients, it can become very problematic. So we try to adjust for that with low census days for the days that we don't have as many patients as we might predict and then have people available for call when maybe the numbers are a little higher. I think COVID scared the heck out of all of us. You know, we, we never want to be short for those very important patients that we get to see. So how do we adjust to the new normal post-COVID? And what's going to happen to us is something that we have to manage. It appears from the first few months of this fiscal year that we may not be seeing the volumes that we've been accustomed to since the campfire. In fact, the campfire and COVID probably masked what our population would, would generally require in a normal year. So we may be seeing some of the after effects of the campfire with the loss of population in Butte County. But, you know, June, July, August, and so far in September, we've been somewhat under our normal volumes or our predicted volumes. So, you know, what what we're asking our managers to do is, is try to keep a close eye on this and make sure that we manage our resources as effectively as possible. Obviously, we want to protect patient safety. We want to protect workplace safety. We don't want to drive anybody nuts trying to be too stingy with resource allocation. But just taking the simple approach of saving one individual or one FTE for a given shift for an entire year, it's amazing how that translates into dollars saved with hopefully not a whole lot of stress on the organization. So that's one of the things that we hope our employees will respond well to, give us feedback, help us out so that we can make those good decisions. Well, thanks for that answer, Mike. That's very insightful. Knowing that ambulatory service line census is increasing, which is interesting, it's inverse of what's happening in the inpatient side. How important is it to work towards standard operating procedures across our outpatient service lines so that we can ensure that optimal efficiency? Well, that's a really good question because the efficiencies that we require in ancillary services 
are a little bit different than what we require in inpatient services. And the efficiencies that we need for surgeries that don't last very long are different than those that last a long time. Ancillary services, lab, x-ray, you know, you name it, any of those outpatient services, as well as our clinics, outpatient surgeries, things like that, they're very resource intensive. They're high volume, they're typically. And so because they're high volume and high and require high resources, if you even save a minute or five minutes in productivity per patient encounter, it adds up. So just a simple example might be, you know, if you've got a block of surgery time being filled by 45 minute to an hour surgeries, that's a lot different resource allocation than if you have one six hour or eight hour surgery. And it's important that we develop standard techniques to try and maximize our efficiency. Again, without putting our patients in danger, obviously we wanna protect that great patient-centered care that we provide. We also wanna protect our work environment. But you know, this is a management issue to develop standard operating procedures, to look at best practice. There's reasons why some people do a better job and it's not necessarily because they work harder, it's because they have maybe figured out a system that lends itself to greater productivity. And so what we ask folks to do is just be open to the idea of a standard practice that might help improve efficiencies and, and even clinical outcomes. One of the challenges involved with that is, you know, healthcare in general in our country is very personality centric, unfortunately. And you know, for, for people who have, you know, have their Harvard MBAs and things like that, healthcare drives them nuts because we're not producing automobiles or refrigerators or microwaves. We're, we're dealing with people that have very different needs. We have physicians that have different needs and different approaches and different backgrounds in their clinical practice. And sometimes the teams that we have for certain services actually do things a little bit differently. So trying to be, you know, having an open mind, looking at best practice, experimenting with some things, those can all help improve outcomes and improve our productivity and our economics. Great. So Mike, with everything we've just discussed and looking into the coming calendar year, what are you most excited about for the future of Enlo? And conversely, what keeps you up at night? Well, I'm really excited about our, our efforts. Uh, Kevin Woodward and his team have been putting together to refinance our existing debt and bring more capital dollars to Enlo Medical Center. We're, we're hoping for a net increase of about $200 million to help us resolve the many facility issues that we have. Ever since the campfire, we've just been scrambling to find places for people to work. And we've got services that are scattered amongst a number of different campuses that makes it difficult for us to get those economies of scale that, that help the bottom line. So we're, you know, the main focus right now for our fundraising, of course, is the Comprehensive Cancer Center. But there's a number of other services that could use additional space for growth or some consolidation for ease of management and to help increase productivity. So all that is really exciting right now. Obviously, what keeps you up at night when you when you go that direction is 
making sure you can pay the debt, making sure that you have ongoing, you know, good ongoing financial performance to make sure that not only can we pay that debt, but that we can pay people appropriately within the organization and take care of the other expenses. Yeah. And, and with all of that, also make sure we keep our eye on the ball when it comes to quality care. You know, that's, it's, it's really a balancing act. I, I can see why all of those things would keep you up at night. Well, there's, this is a really unusual time for businesses across the country, not just healthcare, not just Central Medical Center. Over the 15 years that I've been here, if we happen to have difficulty in one financial area, typically we've been able to offset that with success in another. And a, a very broad example is the investments that we have in, in our stock portfolios. You know, we, we do have about 90 days of cash on hand for emergencies and we invest that. Well, when the investments are going well, those investments can offset financial losses on operations. Conversely, if those investments aren't doing well, we usually have had a halfway decent operational year where we've made money and we've been able to recapitalize the, the business based on operations as opposed to investment capital. Right now, we're struggling a little bit because hospitals all over the country are dealing with high inflation, labor shortages, supply chain issues, and we've all taken a hit on our investments. And so it's, it's going to be a, a very interesting couple of years to navigate through this, but we've been able to do it before and I think we'll be successful going forward. Well, we're glad that you're at the helm as we go through this. So that leads me to my last question for today, Mike. What message would you share with our hardworking caregivers about how we can come through this economic storm stronger together? Well, we've always done a very good job taking care of our patients. And I, and I do think that our, our employees recognize the importance of a safe work environment, not only for our patients, but for their teammates. And that has to be paramount in all that we do. Good quality outcomes, patient safety, employee safety in the workplace. I think my main message coming into this, you know, probably a pretty difficult financial period is just to be open-minded. You know, it's, it's our job in management to figure out the numbers, try to make things work. We have to do that together. And in order to do that together successfully, we have to trust each other that we're all trying to do the right thing for the right reasons. Obviously, if we're going in the wrong direction, we want people to raise their hand and let us know what the consequences of, of those actions might be. But by and large, I think we just have to trust each other, have confidence in the process, and make sure that you know we keep our eye on what's really important to our patients and our community. Well, that's a great message. Thanks, Mike. And that's all the time that we have for today. So as always, Mike, we thank you for your time and transparency behind the Enlo microphone. We really do appreciate you and we hope you know that. Thanks to our listeners for spending time with us and sharing this program with your colleagues and friends. We'll talk again on November 1st when I'll welcome back Mike to share more news and information that's important to you. Until then, this is Jolene Francis saying thank you for to all of our dedicated caregivers for their hard work. <laughs>
Thanks so much.